0: Hello, and welcome again to another episode of Five Plain Questions, a podcast that proposes five questions to Indigenous artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers and shakers, and culture bearers, people in the community that are doing great things for their communities. I'm Joe Williams, your host for this conversation. I'm director of CANA, the Native American Programs at the Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase these amazing people in our Indigenous communities from around the region and country. I want to introduce you to Ruth Buffalo. Ruth Buffalo is an enrolled citizen of the Mandan, Hidatsa, and Arikara Nation. She is originally from Mandarin, North Dakota. She earned a Bachelor of Science degree in Criminal Justice from Shitanka University and two Master Degrees from the University of Mary, one in Management and another in Business Administration, and a Master of Public Health from the North Dakota State University. She was on the Fargo Native American Commission in 2017 and is currently on the board of National Native Boarding School Healing Coalition. She was recognized by the National Center of the American Indian Enterprise Development as a leader 40 under 40 in 2017. Ruth has served in various capacities, focusing on building healthy and safe communities. She was elected into the North Dakota House of Representatives in 2018 and proudly serves the people of District 27 in South Fargo. Ruth is the first Native American Democratic woman elected to the North Dakota legislature. So before we jump into it, Ruth Ruth, um, we are focusing on our state uh, representatives in the states of Minnesota, North Dakota and South Dakota and we are sharing their stories. Uh, These conversations are by no means an endorsement of these individuals who are running for re-election and we don't necessarily reflect the views and opinions expressed by the individuals um, within the stories here but uh, these conversations are about um, their life stories and their their motivations, which you will soon uh, find out. So these are really great conversations. But anyways, uh, with that said, let's jump into this conversation with Representative Ruth Buffalo. Representative Ruth Buffalo, thank you so much for joining us at Five Plain Questions.
1: Yes, thank you, um Thank you in the Hidadza language. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, would you be able to introduce yourself? Uh, tell us about your background, where you're from,
1: Sure. Um, um, I always feel like it's important to introduce myself in our um, Hidadza language. you know I'm, I'm still learning and with that, I ask you know our elders to please excuse me. Um, so as I attempt to introduce myself in the Hidatsa language, um, so I'll say Nido Shadzi or Nido Shadzao, Madeshi, Mia Um So I, I just said good morning, oh. Actually, I didn't say good morning. Good morning is actually Gutesigids, which I love saying. (laughs) Um, But anyhow, I just said, hello, good people. Um, My name is Woman Appears, and it's a good day today. And Madsagirad says, thank you. So thank you for having me. (laughs) That's
0: that's wonderful. I I always love it when our our guests are able to um, share some of their language with us. Uh, I think it's important as a community that we... um, appreciate and understand our language as best we can. Um I'm someone who uh well I grew up with two parents who spoke the language. It's not something I have the confidence to do. Um, but I do understand some Dakota. And so I, I always appreciate it when someone shares their language.
1: Cool. Yeah, thank you. I mean I'm by no means an expert and I'm still very at the beginning stages of learning. So hoping um what's hoping to learn more and what's been inspiring for me is like my kids um, have taken an interest in, in learning our language too, especially, um, the oldest, um, who's 18. So that's pretty awesome to see.
0: Um, if, if it's okay for me to speak on her for a second, um, this year during indigenous people's day in 2021, uh, she actually gave a public talk, uh, to the group on veterans bridge. Yes. (laughs)
1: Yeah, she She did. did.
0: (laughs) She did such a fantastic job uh, standing up there and uh, confidence yet humble. um, And her presentation was so, so well done.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. She's, um, she's continuing to grow. uh, And so we're so proud of her and um, she, I remember the first time her and I, um, Walked in a parade in 2016. It was just her and I. We were waiting for the rest of our group to join us. So it was just her and I that got there, and we carried a banner. I was running for um, state insurance commissioner at the time, but um, she was super nervous. I was too, but um, you know, I think she was. Gosh, 2016. She was at least. I don't think she was a teenager even then. <laughs> um, let's see. She's going to be 19 next month on the 19th. So it's going to be. Uh, what's termed right her golden birthday i guess like if you turn if your birthday is january 19th and you turn 19 that's your golden birthday <laughs> so <laughs> we're looking forward to that but um so yeah so what 2016 was how many years ago
0: six six it's, years ago now yeah
1: so she would have been 12 yep.
0: right
1: yeah so it was it was funny because towards the end of the parade it was the band parade they have every uh, spring in bismarck huge huge parade, um, lots of fun prior to the pandemic, of course. <laughs> um, but towards the end of the parade, she was like doing cartwheels and everything. It's <laughs> just probably me embarrassed that I said that, but <laughs> <laughs> now that she's, you know, going to be 19, but yeah, we're super proud of her. Um, and she's a, <clears throat> a freshman in college at the local M state tech and community college. So, uh, we're not ready for her to leave the nest yet so <laughs> I'm hoping she could just stay with us for as long as she needs to <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that's that's good that is moving on to higher education that's wonderful uh so for our our listener um i introduced you as representative uh ruth buffalo could you talk a little bit about what you do within the community
1: sure um uh, i wear a lot of different hats um for sure, mom is probably the, is the most important, but the most um, one that I have I hold in high esteem <laughs> um, is you know how well um, our kids are doing and trying to help them reach their goals and um, like with Maya being in higher ed now it's. Um, a fun journey uh to be a part of and to it's still um a lot to process you know like oh my gosh I have a child in college and you know she might be moving to you know uh out of state in a couple years you know so to to go to a different program or transfer to a IAIA is where she wants to
0: to end up so that's fantastic
1: yeah we have family in Albuquerque so we're you know um hopeful that she'll have a strong support network, a support system there. But um, yeah, I, I am uh, in my first four-year term in North Dakota. We serve four-year terms and then we meet every other year. Um, so it's a little bit different than other states. So like right now we're in our interim committee year like our off year um and so i'm i'm up for re-election i'm which i'm running for to to keep my current seat um so yeah i'm uh currently serving my first four-year term in the state house of representatives i'm representing district 27
0: which is my district
1: oh cool (laughs) Awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think we moved into this district a couple years ago so okay
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah It's, it's exciting um, with redistricting. So there's a lot of changes and we have the entire, um, entire town of Horace and then also Oxbow. So we're oh. further south. Like where we live, we live just strictly south of Fargo Davies. So um, the district has stretched further south of us. So prior to redistricting, we were where I live. We were precinct three, but now we're precinct one. And then the other two precincts are further south of us.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, zoning and districting isn't really in my wheelhouse. So, right. uh, yeah. I remember seeing a map of where we were at some point. I think it was after the, the elections. And I realized I, was, I had just moved into your district, which I was pretty pleased about. So
1: Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah redistricting is kind of um, a whole other story in of itself. Like it's, it's confusing, period. <laughs>
0: mm. And it's a, it's a larger conversation as well. Right for sure, yeah. Um, so, uh, can you talk about um, some of your influences uh, growing up and your influences today?
1: Sure. Uh, growing up, definitely it was my mom. <laughs> oh, did you see Maya in the background? <laughs> um, that's okay. She's she was here at the kitchen table earlier doing school stuff. But um, yeah, for sure, my mom growing up. I would say um my mom was my biggest influence and still continues to be um she still at her age is is um doing so much for our community that really goes um it below the radar you know she she does a lot for um extended family or friends um of extended family you know so Like, we lost my baby sister in 2012. um, And so a lot of her friends still... um, My mom still provides support for a lot of my late baby sister's friends. You know, whether it's um, mailing something for them or, you know, just kind of being the in-between person on a lot of different things. So, yeah, she's... Um, elderly but still loves to uh, stay busy and, and travel but with the pandemic we're just trying to make sure she stays safe and that she's protected too
0: Oh absolutely Yeah uh, So your, your work as is, is in public service uh, can you talk a little bit about how that's developed um, maybe uh, uh, through college and post-college
1: Sure um, I don't consider myself like the um, cookie cutter version of someone who was groomed into uh, the political realm or the political arena. Uh, A lot of my lived experience is from and at like the local um, tribal level or county level. Um, I used to run my tribes, uh, but I now I'm finding that I have to be careful, too, with how I word things. Because when we say, you know, oh, what tribe are you from? Or, oh, I used to work for the tribe or our tribe. Like, if I've noticed mainstream society kind of uses tribe in a different context. You know, like, mm-hmm. who's your tribe? You know, like your support system. <laughs> which, you know, it's interesting to see that. So anyways, I try to make sure I'm mindful of when I say I've, I work for my tribe, or you know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I should say the Mandan, Hidatsa and Uruk Nation, or the tribal government of the um, Mandan, Hidatsa and Uruk Nation, or the three affiliated tribes. So, yeah, I used to run uh, MHA Nation's Summer Youth Employment Program um, for four consecutive summers and um, <clears throat> got the chance, the opportunity to take in a lot of meetings, too. Like, we were able to sit in on uh, whatever meetings were being held within the tribal administration office. So it was interesting just to observe a lot of the different dynamics that went, went into addressing the jurisdictional issues, even if it uh, included roads or the infrastructure. And um, of course, oil companies. You know, I remember sitting in a meeting where tribal council was addressing um semis and oil companies for their reckless, um, driving within like the exterior boundaries of Fort Berthold Indian Reservation. So, um, back to your question on how, how, what led me to public service, right? If I understand you correctly, your question, um, sorry, I'm rambling, but, um, I would say just from my lived experiences, what is what kind of, what led me into public service, um, Seeing a lot of tragedy, seeing a lot of like things that could have been prevented and then finding out um, how can we fix these issues. I mean, I I think back to like when I was 10 years old and my younger sister, she was misdiagnosed at our local field clinic. with the flu when it was really, you know, appendicitis and we almost lost her, you know, so Hmm. that went on for like three consecutive days. And so just seeing that at a young age, like prompted me into like wanting to become a medical doctor and trying to find ways to fix, um, you know, our, our, our healthcare system back home on the res. So a lot of it just kind of, for me comes from like being a big sister and trying to find ways to help people live longer. Um, I think that's kind of been at the core of um, the work that I do is just trying to prevent further tragedies from happening. And then how do we live longer? Because a lot of our people die young, you know, and they long before their time or they die of premature death. And a lot of um, conditions could have been prevented.
0: I remember seeing a statistic some years ago that the average lifespan of a Native American male is 49 years. And that was shocking, kind of, um, because I've lost so many of my friends from relatives back home, uh, males who, um, looking back, it's like, wow, you know, the average. um, If you were to put those numbers together, that makes sense. But then, of course, we have the, I think, one of our biggest issues uh, back home, because I'm I'm from Sissonawapitan, Oyate, um, is diabetes and how that's just gone through everybody.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, how do we, um, reframe our way of thinking? Cause I, um, remember a lot of the in-depth conversations we would have at NDSU in the master of public health program and the American Indian public health specialization or concentration. Um, and a lot of it was, you know, just the mixed, um, mixed, backgrounds of our lived experience you know where some of us were kind of like well this is my family history and so I'm more more likely going to experience this health condition you know and our instructor used to get mad and say you know no you're not going to you know (laughs) you're Mm -hmm. not going to get you know x health condition or you know we can turn things around and so um, like for seven years, I, I led a wellness program at United Tribes Technical College. And that's what we focused on was wellness activities and strengthening lifestyles and healthy lifestyle changes and <clears throat> really using a well-rounded, comprehensive approach that was rooted in our culture and our values. And um, so, yeah, it's it's so important that we don't forget kind of like the basics of um, how do we take care of ourselves? And I think in every um, everybody's schedules, they get they get so hectic, and we forget about the basics, you know, <laughs> even just Very like true. our posture, or like how how we're breathing, you know, because <laughs> that mm-hmm. plays into our digestive system and everything else. So
0: <laughs> that's a great point. Um, some of it mirrors uh, conversations I've had with uh, Dr. Michael Lebeau, who is um, president or CEO of the. Sanford campus in Bismarck and Sean Sherman, uh, who was both of whom were previous guests on the show. Um, Sean Sherman about uh, eating healthy and, um, just making daily decisions to eat right and sort of stave off those effects that the commodities had on us. Um, yeah, I think those are great points.
1: Right. Yeah. And I, um, commodities like i i know they're making changes you know through usda and um i know we i was a part of a lot of um good conversations um when i was at unaya tribes um i had the opportunity to kind of shadow um the different wellness directors but one of them the first wellness director uh, was dr linda gorno and she really practiced mindfulness and encouraged um you know, just a comprehensive lens in, in looking at wellness and um, personal wellness, you know, community wellness. And, but, um, a lot of conversations too, with, with the USD, you know, the USDA's, uh, responsibility and things, you know, so diving deeper into, um, how and why things are the way they are today and how can we make things better. And so Commods was always, um, at the forefront of these conversations of you know back to the rations and how we were you know starved and you know held against our will within you know some a small piece of land which is now you know a reservation but um mm-hmm. having those conversations with different key stakeholders uh, years ago was interesting to hear you know that and good to hear you know that it's the accountability piece, um, of poor policies that have lasted since the beginning of the founding of our country. Sorry not to take a huge, huge turn there, but
0: this is um, great. I love it. So,
1: yeah, I think of, when I think of commods, I think of, you know, we were raised on commods and, um, I don't ever remember feeling hungry, you know, because my mom just always had like these huge meals planned for us and we grew up in a big household, but, um, it was all (laughs) commods,
0: So it, it was the same with us. I think it was a combination of um, cause we had a, like a storage room uh, in our house. Uh, you know, I was in a hut house, you know, um, just like everyone else. And um, you know, we had a storage room downstairs, but then my dad had a huge garden uh, outside. And so it was a combination of these fresh vegetables year yeah. round, you know, yeah. with uh, dry goods downstairs.
1: <laughs> right. Us too. We had this huge, huge garden. Um, it was like a huge Chore like we would do that, especially like on Saturdays and Sundays. We that was like we had to go to the garden and weed, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and pull weeds. And but it was fun, um, like when we were, I guess, harvesting, you know, like we never talked use those words at all, but no. um, you know, when the seasons would change, um, uh, we had like a surplus of extra, you know, ab- in abundance, like a bunch of extra vegetables, like squash, especially potatoes. And so um, back then, you know, paper paper bags were in abundance as well, <laughs> not so much plastic. But um, so I remember us like bagging up potatoes and then sticking them in um, one of the this one of the old cars that my mom used to have back then. Um, great big trunk, like a very deep trunk. So we were able to even like sit in the back trunk <laughs> while she would drive around Mandarin and we'd hop out and then go knock on doors. We we did the elders first, and then after that, we just did the entire community. Um, but I think that was my first door-knocking experience was, like, the younger ones, we'd have to go up to the door and, you know, ask, if you, would you want some potatoes and, you know, <laughs> squash. <laughs> <laughs> but we got rid of everything corn, too, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So it was worth it.
0: <laughs> so. It's interesting to hear that because it's a somewhat similar situation. You know, my dad had these large um, bushel barrels, and he would he would put stuff in, and he would just go around and visit relatives and say, "You know, come out to the truck, grab what you want." You know, yeah. and, uh, It's it's great to hear that things were happening elsewhere too, you know, Similar <laughs> things were going on. You know? Um. So, I think you're in year three right now, in your term.
1: Yeah. Well, actually the fourth, fourth year. Yep.
0: For, oh, it is fourth yeah. year. Yep. 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 Oh. So how, how have opportunities presented themselves to you over time and how has those opportunities sort of changed?
1: In while being in office currently
0: or? Um, I think um, maybe while well being in office, but uh, just your, in your experience um, being a community organizer um, and just through your work uh, over over time?
1: Um, how opportunities have presented themselves to me. Um, I guess organically, um, I I'm a independent consultant and I, I don't, haven't yet like advertised or put, put my services out there as far as like what I do as an independent consultant. Um, I remember in grad school though, like getting some, um, um, business cards made and on the back I had like bullet points of like my areas of expertise, I guess. Sorry, like, um, quote, unquote, expertise. Just laughing because it's, like, so different, I feel, when in different spaces, um, especially the political arena. When I first ran for for office in 2016, I remember um, it was really awkward, and it still is, to, like, brag about yourself. And I had different people helping me with my social media back then. And I would kind of literally cringe at some of the posts because it was like very boastful, you know, of like uh, your accomplishments and everything. And it just was so against the grain of what I'm used to, or not my 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 approach or my style, and not. And I think that is could be the same for many of us who grew up um, maybe in rural settings or in on the res or, you know, um, that you just don't brag about yourself, you know? And so that's been an adjustment and then to ask for money for myself, for my campaign is also awkward or it's also like, um, different because I mean, I feel like the money raised for candidates can be used for something else. You know, (laughs) I used to, and I thought that back in 2016 too, but it's a part of this huge, huge thing that, is a part, a piece of the, part of, a part of the process, I guess you could say. But, mm-hmm. um, so back to your question, sorry to drift off there, but how have opportunities presented themselves for me? I would say just organically, um, I just try to help where I can. Um, the first two years of my term were very, very busy. Um, and from the amount of People who've reached out to me, even uh, throughout the country, it really um, it really shined a light on like how much more work is needed in educating people of the political process too, even locally. Because um, I get called Congresswoman, or you know, and I'm like, I'm a state house representative. I'm at the state local level, you know. (laughs) Um, Even within our state, it's interesting too. Um, So I. I uh, get excited, though, when I think of like how much work is needed to help educate everyone on on these processes, because everybody should know about these processes. Um, And so then if you know more about it, then you're hopefully going to stay involved and we need more people involved versus just um, I feel a select few or just, you know, so everybody should know about this information of how to vote, when to vote. Legislative hearings, you know, all those kinds of things, um, everybody should, that should be on everybody's radar, because a lot of these decisions are, are being made on your behalf. And if nobody's talking to each other, you know, it's just recipe for disaster, basically, or additional struggles that we continue to face. Hmm. It's not the be all end all, of course, but at least we're getting more people involved to, to, you know, share their concerns and, and let their voices truly be heard.
0: I wanted to ask you, um, so a, a lot of our, um, listeners are young indigenous. Um, a lot of them are college students, uh, and so I, I wanted to ask you uh, specifically this question on how can uh, and of course it's it's people in general uh, be more involved, um, be more aware of of when, how their vote counts, um, being aware of policy, uh, things to write what you're you're talking to. What what helps them be more informed and more active uh, people within their community?
1: I would say just show up to meetings if 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 there are meetings that are publicly. Um, being advertised like they should be. Um, definitely show up. Uh, you don't necessarily have to speak, but just by showing up, you are um, beginning your um, journey in this process of learning and observing and, and figuring out what's what goes on in these meetings and learning more about the processes. Um, so definitely showing up is so important um, because quote, unquote, politicians will use the excuse time and time again that, oh, nobody showed up, so they must not care on this about this issue, or, oh, I didn't hear from anybody, I didn't get any emails on this issue, so everything must be fine. But no, it's not, it's just, what are the barriers to give people access to this information? Um, from my experience, you know, even at the tribal level, um, county, state, city level, oftentimes, meetings are not publicized in a timely manner or, you know, they're um, not everybody is being informed of certain meetings. So I think just even showing up is, is very important. Um, I mentioned earlier, I was, I I consider myself a late bloomer in the political realm because I wasn't, yes, I was born into this political unique political relationship with the, the United States federal government, but at the same time, I didn't come from, I wasn't groomed, you know, uh, to be a politician. Um, and so I didn't, uh, get involved with like student council until like my third master degree program, actually second master, no third, sorry, (laughs) third master degree program. Um, and that was also kind of by, uh, wasn't, wasn't intentional on my end, you know, um, our American Indian health student association. Um, I was the treasurer, secretary for a couple years and had to attend a meeting a funding meeting um, by our council of student governments um, and then got voted in to be a senator um, to sit on the council of student governments like the the overarching umbrella um within the grad schools but um so definitely wasn't you know intentional, but it was a really good experience to learn even, you know, at a grad school student government <laughs> level, um, even being older, non-traditional student. Um, but I was really, really inspired by like our our students at United Tribes, our student senate there. Like we have um, a lot of movers and shakers um, that are doing good things across North Dakota, like Nicole Donaghy Montclair, or Montclair Donaghy leads North Dakota Native Vote. She was on the student senate. Uh, when I was at when I was working at United Tribes so just seeing the um, there's opportunities out there you know just talk to people if you have questions uh, look for free resources locally Um, North Dakota Women's Network has um, different trainings but I believe they are going to branch out and also like open it up I think for men too for all genders Um, But North Dakota Women's Network, based out of Bismarck, they hold different trainings like uh, uh, running for office or they do a women's lobby day at the state capitol. Um, Also, North Dakota uh, Farmers Union and North Dakota United and North Dakota AFL-CIO, they hold a candidate uh, training academy every year. So, like, there's free resources out there. Um, I'm an alumni of the New Women's Leadership. Um, I think they changed their name to Northern Lights, but they're affiliated with Rutgers. And so there's lots of free resources out there. Um, Wellstone Action used to hold trainings. Um, I went to one of their, uh, I think it was called Roots Camp, like the Unconference. I first went to that in 2016 after the elections. Um, And it was a really, really good support network and uh, good time to visit with others.
0: We'll um we'll link some uh, we'll link, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll put some of the links in, in our show notes uh, so our, our viewers can uh, check those opportunities out for sure. Um where can our, uh, our listener uh, find you um as far as like online, is there is there is there a reference place for them?
1: Sure. I would um, start at the website Ruth4nd.com. Um that will link you to like my different social media platforms. Um so I'm at Ruth4ND on Instagram and Twitter, and then on um Facebook, I believe it's Buffalo4ND. So
0: Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely put those those links in the show notes. Um what would you say to the 18 to 22 year old that's listening to this conversation?
1: I would say keep leading the way (laughs) because, um, you know, I think so many it's tough being a young person, but uh, just don't doubt yourself. And if you feel something in your heart and your gut, I would say follow that, Um, explore more of, you know, ask questions, um, but definitely do not like discount yourself or think that, you know, because I, when I grew up, I was I was very shy. You know, I, I went to uh, two different boarding schools um, off the res, and um, one was a Catholic school, and the other was Lutheran right here in Fargo, uh, which no longer has dorms. But um, being away from home was a challenge, um, and um, I I was shy, but I I really um, my healthy outlet for me was sports. Um, So I I excelled in sports. I played basketball, volleyball, and ran track. Um, I was never, um, I felt like the debate team or speech um, or um, student council was kind of just not my thing because all of the outgoing students were part of that you know and so I was really shy but still had an interest for like how do we improve our communities so if you're if you're shy like me I would say don't let that hold you back you know um, just follow your passion
0: yeah I think uh, one follows a passion they can find their voice within that you know Well, Ruth, thank you so much for for this. This was really fun. And it was really great to be able to sit with with you and have this this conversation.
1: Yes, mazikiraz. Thank you for asking me. Appreciate it.
0: And that does it for this episode of Five Plain Questions. I want to thank Ruth again for her time and sharing her story with us. It's really great to be able to uh, sit down with uh, someone like Ruth uh, to be able to uh, gain insight on her journey and where she's at. Uh, very clearly, she is a family-focused individual and focused on community. And the level of education behind <laughs> behind her is truly, truly impressive. Um, I've come to... Uh, Truly, truly impressive. And so, yeah, this this was a great conversation. And, you know, it's the great thing about Ruth is, you know, she's going to be around uh, working for the community for a very long time. And I'm just very excited that uh, I was able to um, capture a moment with her as she is extremely busy uh, representing District 27 uh, in her capacity. So uh, with that, Ruth, uh, thank you so much for your time. This has really been great. I also want to thank you for joining us and spending your time listening to what I feel is a very important story and perspective from our community. So please, join us next week as we speak with another incredible person. I'm Joe Williams. You can find me on Kiana, that's C-A-N-A-A, Creativity Among Native American Artists on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Although on Instagram and Twitter, we've now changed the name to Five Plain Questions. I think it's underscores between them. So look us up, check us out at the theplanesart.org website. There you can see our programming, past videos, and these podcasts. Uh, and if you have a suggestion for someone for me to talk to, uh, please look me up, uh, message me. I'd really like to hear from you. Well, that does it, and we will see you next week. has been.